I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. This week, they just like their country. They're young, scrappy and hungry. And they're not throwing away their single shot. Stars of Cinematographic Spectacle 1917, George Mackay and Dean Charles Chaplin join us this week to tell us all about their experience in the trenches of the film that's just won Best Picture at the Golden Globes. I'm Jake Cunningham and this week on the podcast... And for a short while, we'll be bringing you just the interviews with the teams behind our favourite films, whilst we cook up some exciting new podcast adventures for 2020. Offering an experience of the First World War like no other, Sam Mendes, who most recently directed the two Bond films, Spectre and Skyfall, retells a true episode based on an account from his own grandfather from the Great War in this supremely immersive race against the clock. Blake, played by Dean Charles Chapman, and Schofield, that's George McKay, are picked to deliver a message across enemy lines. If they fail to arrive on time, hundreds of troops are heading for certain massacre. Told as one continuous shot, we follow them as they cross no man's land, facing attack from German troops and uncovering the horrific remnants of war. So, for now, here is your friend of mine, Ella Kemp, who went back to 1917 with George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman. Hello, um, I'm Ella Kemp on the Curzon Film Podcast, and I'm here today with George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman talking about 1917. Hello. Hello, how are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Um, so, first of all, congratulations on the film. And I want to start just by asking, what can you tell us about your characters, Blake and Schofield? Um, I play a character called Lance Corporal Blake, uh, who's a young soldier who uh, hasn't been there for very long in, in, in the Western Front. Uh, and he hasn't experienced as much as Schofield has. He's uh, a bit green to, to the war. Um, but he's a very warm character. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He'd talk your ear off for hours. Um, and he's he's a good soldier though he, he he's good with maps and navigation and uh, compasses and uh, yeah he's on a very personal mission trying to save 1600 men's lives and his brother 
Yeah, uh, and I play um, Lance Corporal Schofield, who is is a wee bit older. Um, he's been, as Dean said, been in the war a little while longer, so a bit more experienced as a soldier. And I guess he differs in terms of he's uh, he's a, he's, a, he's a quiet man, and I think his way of dealing with, with with things, and especially his experience in the war, is to is to kind of bury it and hold on to it. And uh, and it's his experience with Blake which teaches him to open up a bit. Excellent. And how did you go about building these characters in terms of what you knew about World War One, and also with Sam Mendes, your director's memories? I've heard it's from his own grandfather's stories as well. Well, I th- I think it's funny. Well, f- yeah, the First World War is definitely we we did loads of research in the in the, the understanding the context of it, um, and there was lots of different research that we did. We we made trips together to Belgium. We went with the production to France. So much reading to be done. Uh, watching films, actually the only film we watched was that uh, they shall not grow old. But uh, f- like basically, there's this kind of Dean's put it beautifully. There's this um, unspoken theme of home in the film, and I think what the film's about is the kind of human experience and it, it, going through an extreme situation and circumstance and or journey and how that teaches you what you come back to. So for me, it was really important. Although Schofield doesn't talk about it often. He doesn't talk about it because he can't and that's his home and that's where he's come from and that's everything he's kind of left behind. So the biggest thing about sussing out the character for me was was building what that is to him because although you only see it in flashes, those flashes are his everything, basically, because the story is so present. Yeah, um, I've read a lot um, about uh, first-person encounters from the soldiers themselves. Um, I read a book called The Western Front Diaries, which is uh, diary entries of the soldiers of the war. And uh, I actually found out that my great-great-grandfather had a diary entry in the book. Um, So I'd read that um, to get sort of in the headspace before stepping on set. Um, And just really like fine-tuning the character's backstory in my own sort of head. And um, yeah, and and in, in the costume department as well, just to... Uh, there's a wall of uh, picture references and uh, there's loads of pictures on the wall photographs of soldiers in the war all different things, no man's land, trenches and uh, there's one photo that I saw in there uh, of three soldiers um, and two of them standing either side of this man were very like serious and they all had their buttons done up and you know, like the average you know, World War One photograph but then in the middle of them two soldiers there was this one soldier who had his coat sort of all buttoned undone, he was leaning against the truck, he had his shirt all, like, twisted and undone. So that was Blake? Well, I mean, I just... I found him so... There was just so much character oozing out of that photograph rather than just a normal, straight sh- soldier. And uh, and and that's what Blake is. He, he doesn't... The way he reacts in this terrible situation, even though he's, you know, on this really seemingly impossible mission and, you know, trying to save his brother... He still finds light in the situation. He's very optimistic, uh, you know, and he's very warm. You know, he still finds time to crack a joke to, to his mate Schofield, and that sort of picture summed Blake up for me. Mm. And uh, in that picture, I saw the soldier that I, I liked. You know, he had two rings. He had one on his pinky and one on his middle finger. So I made Blake wear the same rings. And every time I looked at that, I thought of that picture. So that helped me sort of tune into that. Um, so once you. Once you managed to get into that headspace, what was the physical preparation like? It's such a, I mean, just for the audience member, it's such a visceral and really immersive film. How did you prepare to act that? 
Well, we did like we did a bunch of military training, but we did a bunch of physical training. <laughs> we mm. think of four hours a day <laughs> like, from that documentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger pumping iron. <laughs> we, we, we got taken to a couple of times. We had to do physical training because there's no aesthetic look for the, you know these boys are just Tommy soldiers, mm. but the journey's so physical and the, the filming of it. You know, we were doing these these workouts, but we went to couple of times the gym that we happened to use was like a proper bodybuilding gym <laughs> we felt very very sort of nervous being there it felt yeah. like rather there's the smallest fellas in there place. but um but no yeah so so we just had to i mean we just had to be fit for it and but to be honest so much of that came in the doing of it we rehearsed for six months beforehand and it's just we were rehearsing on our feet because the journey's on it on its feet and and every day that we'd get to the studios and we'd put on the webbing we'd put on the gear usually about half our costume as well to wear in the boots and we'd do um, weapons training military drills just to kind of get us up to speed with all of the gear so because you know as is true in life in the scenes in the film there's there's always so many things going on you're doing 10 things at once you're, you're loading your rifle or you're adjusting your pack and you know you just needed to get used to that so and that there's no better thing for that than just time spent with the gear and mm. and that was part of the preparation Absolutely. And then preparing physically for such a demanding role, but also a film which is, I mean, the way it's shot also in one take, does that, that knowing that that was going to be the end product, did that affect the way um, that the shoot went over differently? Um, I mean, it was definitely different for, for everyone involved. I mean, including Sam and Roger, you know, I mean with everybody you know they're, they're people that's been in the industry for a long 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 time they've made a lot of great films but yet still it's something new to them as well and, and uh, it was exciting um, but yes uh, what was the question well, the, the, film, the film was different in, in the way that it was like I don't know I've never had as much of a three dimensional understanding of the filmmaking process because there was never one lead element mm-hmm. you know in the, 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 the filming of every shot and therefore the making of the whole thing it was a constant dance between every department and the only kind of greater thing was was the story because the camera you know it's incredible what they've done the rigs that they've used and the ingenuity of it all but ultimately you don't notice it you know that it's just it's with you and you don't watch the film you experience the film and you you just go with the with these soldiers mm. but to do that you know it was it was like a dance with with the camera the camera team because you're you're you know, you're working 360 degrees all the time. You're kind of going in and out, and and you just got to be so unconsciously aware of the the timings and spatially aware and all of that stuff. And so, you know, even in the making of it, like the the scene, because it's all one shot and you can't cut and you can't change the rhythm. We had to suss out the rhythm of the the piece emotionally, and then we'd do that on an empty field and then build the set around that. And so, because the scene's got to be as long as the set, and the set's got to be as long as the scene. And just having that awareness where usually you just come in kind of probably like in quite a late stage as, as an actor and you do your bit and you go home. But everyone was working together in a way that I've, I've never experienced before. It sounds exhausting in, in the best way possible. Yeah. 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 Um, so this period piece, I wanted to ask um, about both of your careers more broadly. Uh, that you've, I've both seen you in period pieces this year um so dean and the king going back to 15th century france and then george in true history of the kelly gang going back to 19th century australia what's the appeal of of going back in time i'm not too sure i mean i mean as an actor it's amazing it's really like jumping in a time machine every job you you get you know and it's it's the best feeling being able to sort of wear the best 
costumes and that really immerses you in that world it even makes you you know with the costumes it makes you stand a certain way act a certain way even talk a certain way sometimes mm. um, but I mean I don't pick projects because I want to do that isn't it normally sort of spawns from just the character or the story or the director um, but yeah 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 I think similarly I think it's probably just per chance but um I don't know. It's it's funny because people are always people. It's it's the but as Steve said, it's the context around them mm. that that changes. And I think I don't know. I don't know why. It feels like maybe, maybe we make more stories about the past in general. I I don't mm. know. I'm saying that kind of flippantly. I, I don't know. Mm. But I guess maybe you just have the kind of like that thing of of hindsight. You have a bit mm. more perspective, and therefore you know what you want to say. You can either use that happening to say what you want to or you can comment on that happening because you've got the clarity of hindsight so maybe that's why we look back with stories to kind of then look forward again I, I don't know it's maybe a bit philosophical and not very thought through but yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean I'm sure that in five ten years time the first Brexit film will be made yeah. sooner yeah. rather than later probably oh, yeah, yeah. but you're right we always look back to the past but looking to the future I've noticed that neither of you have been in many very many comedies um, is there any kind of left field big part that you're itching to try? Any kind of genre, any kind of feeling? I'd love to do a western. I'd love to uh, ride a horse, wear yeah. a cool hat and shoot some cowboys and that. You know, I'd love that. I think yeah. that'd be cool. I'd, uh, well, I'd love to do a western with Dean. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did do a comedy that's coming out in February. It's like a very small film, but beautifully written by a writer-director called Rachel Hirons called A Guide to Second Date Sex. Mm-hmm. And that's about, you know, a second date and all the kind of awkward happenings of when you put expectation in front of just the moment. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. A Western sounds good. Yeah. The Kelly Gang's a bit of a Western, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it's got guns and horses. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's all you need for a Western. So, I don't know, maybe... I th- I, 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 yeah, I haven't thought about it yet. You could have a spiritual sequel, you two doing a Western and then just going into different said, genres. This, yeah, but this is what we said. We said we could have 1817, which is probably a bit too yeah. early for a Western, but just kind of take the same concept and structure of exactly. 1917, but just put it in different points in history. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I'll be down for that. Yeah. You can go further back in time, but then also between 1917 and 2019, 20. I mean, there's like, <laughs> yeah. there's so many possibilities there. Yeah, yeah, got... yeah. We'll just pick a date and just, uh, we'll just stick I don't know, or a future one or something. Yeah. 21. 2132 exactly Uh, I have one final question a very simple one what is your favourite war film Uh, I've recently saw The Hurt Locker Mm. and I loved that the way it's shot it's kind of like this film you feel like you're there with the characters and it's almost like a documentary it feels like the camera's really there Mm. Um, and the performances in that are brilliant if if anyone's not seen it so The Hurt Locker Um, two Black Hawk Down um because I was obsessed with the making of, I had the DVD at home and used to watch the making of all the time. Um, and then Son of Saul. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you both so much for talking to me. Congratulations again on 1917. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. We love the curtain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ella, George and Dean for that. If you fancy watching 1917... It is essential to be catching it in cinemas as big and as loud as possible. So do get to it as soon as you can. That is an order. See you next week.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 